Well, hello everybody. This is Robert, one of the tech doctors. And finally, the tech doctors are back. And I am so delighted to be here again with my colleagues. Allison, it's so great to be podcasting with you again. How are you? I'm great, Robert. It's great to be podcasting with you and David as well. I'm just, I'm so excited for this episode in particular. And Dr. Woodbridge, what's going on in Australia? Well, I'm trying to find places for my son's Lego, which has got nothing to do with technology, but my little occasional podcasting desk in the other room has now been taken over by Lego. So that will be my job for the future, trying to find spots for Lego. Good luck with that. (laughs) Thank you. Hope, Hope it works out. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, so, or, or I can just let my uh, my grandson unfortunately play with the Lego structures, and go. Oh, geez, I'm really sorry, Owen. Um, Franklin knocked them off the table. <laughs> oh yeah, you can just <laughs> what do a that. shame. <laughs> sure, sure. There you go. We are happy to be back, as promised. We have decided we wanted to do a, an end of the year summary podcast regarding all that Apple has done during 2023. Actually, we're not going to cover everything, but we're going to cover the things that are of interest to us. And I must publicly thank David for providing us with a wonderful summary, a wonderful outline that we are going to use in this podcast. So thank you for that, David. I'm sure you worked many, many hours on this, and we do appreciate it. Oh, look, it took me a whopping hour, so no, I'll, I'll send you the bill in the mail. Oh, I was afraid of that. I thought there would be a, I thought there would be a catch here somewhere. Yeah, nothing's oh, for free, okay. mate. Uh, nothing's for free. All right. Well, anyway, let's let's just go through some of the things that we are particularly, especially David, is particularly excited about in uh, 2023. And and I, I I agree. This is a great summary. Let's start out by talking about the new second edition HomePods, which came out last. January. And I'm curious to see what you guys think about these new HomePods. Allison, what do you think? I am absolutely in love with them. I have three stereo pairs, one in my office, one in our living room, and one in our screened-in entertainment room area. And each of those are hooked to an Apple TV, except for the ones in my office. And I just cannot believe. I mean, the first generation HomePods were were excellent, but the second generation ones just kind of blow them out of the water in terms of in terms of base, in terms of the Dolby Atmos experience. I've been watching a lot of TV and a lot of Netflix um, on these, and it's just it's it's as good as any surround sound home theater experience. I really believe that because you know for a while I had the Sonos set up, um, but you know for different reasons we got back into into the home pods, and I and I'm so glad we made the move. I would say we've only had these not even two months, but again I just kept buying more and more once I got my first pair, so. I mean, they, they are just, just amazing little speakers. You know, Allison, talking to you is like doing therapy for me because we have 10 uh, HomePods in, in the house here and <laughs> three stereo pairs, but we only have, but some of them are, are HomePod 
uh, minis, I have to confess, but we did the same thing that you did. We got rid of the Sonos and switched to the, the new second-gen HomePods for our living room uh, system with the, with the Apple TV, and they just really sound great. You know, in my opinion, honestly, the HomePods are one of the best things that Apple has ever done for audio. And they've, they're always doing things that are for the fancy displays and the screens and, and all mm -hmm. that jazz. But I was thrilled to see how much they have advanced with their audio stuff. It, it, it did an old blind guy's heart good for the, for the second gen home pods to come out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it's therapeutic for you. And don't worry, you're just you're just as sane as I am for switching from Sonos. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. well I, I'm I'm going to the Apple Store next Monday. We're going to look at getting new Apple watches, and I, I I fear that a couple of Home Pods are going to crawl into my bag before I leave that store because I want to replace <laughs> the Home Pod Minis in our bedroom with the full size second gen home oh wouldn't that be nice now i got i learned a trick um that you can do if you have you know when you have an apple tv and you have it hooked into another tv that has the hdmi arc port if you plug the apple tv into the arc port and make sure that arc audio return channel is turned on on the apple tv settings itself and you have also the setting turned on for using the speakers specifically, um, the HomePods specifically as the speakers for the Apple TV, then your HomePods become the speakers for anything that you connect into the um, TV via HDMI, because we actually have an Apple TV hooked into an Amazon Fire TV. And so it doesn't matter now whether we watch something on the Apple TV side of things, which we use more often, or the Amazon Fire TV side, or if I have a game going on the Xbox, it all comes through the big, beautiful second-gen app uh, HomePods. It's amazing. Well, that's a great tip. Thank you for that. That's something people can benefit from knowing about. David, what's your relationship with second-gen HomePods? Um, absolutely zero. <laughs> what a shame. Well, that so, is sad. I know. So look, look, I do have three original HomePods, and I do have, um, like you, Robert, I do have 10 original HomePod minis, which haven't been upgraded. The problem with me is, though, that I live in a family who do not like noise so my wife is on her computer because she's always listened to and chatting to people on social media she's always wearing her airpods my um, son is always using his noise cancelling headphones or airpods max and then when my daughter and i where i am now in our sort of media slash toy room slash podcasting room uh, when we watch a movie together we actually share our audio between both of our airpods max uh, which actually works out really nicely. So I'd love to sort of like, you know, play very loud music around the house or, you know, the, the, my TV here's all set up, set up with the two original HomePods. But unfortunately, unless everybody's out and about, which is very rare, um, I can't enjoy the full sound of HomePods. So that's one of the reasons what stopped me buying the second HomePod 2 because I just thought I'm not going to get enough benefit out of them because um, it's really weird when you look walk into our house at night time. There's my son 
um, on the lounge playing his PlayStation or looking at the TV. There's my wife in the craft room with her headphones on, and there's me and my daughter in this room with our headphones on. So it's we're all busy, but the house itself is just dead quiet. Well, I get it because we wear headphones a lot around here, and yes, I have so to. Yeah, I have to confess that you know the 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 AirPods Max are, uh, and in, in my book, just wonderful headphones for music, audio, mm. and whatever you want to put through them. And so, I certainly can understand that. But I think you are getting a good testimonial from Allison and me that the second gen HomePods are mm. fantastic. I just had the soundtrack for Tron, which is a the a sec, the latest movie Tron, which has got audio description in it. And I just heard the soundtrack for it and I thought, oh my God, that would sound so beautiful through the home pods. <laughs> so, you know, it just you know, don't don't scratch out this space for the moment. I might think, oh look, you know, maybe when my son goes out on the weekend, maybe I could sort of scribble in maybe a new home pod or two. So let's just see what happens in the new year now. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Well, let's move on and see what you guys think about the announcement that was at WWDC, which was announcing the Vision Pro. And what what about Vision Pro? Are you guys interested in it or think, think it's really not going to be for you? Or what do you think of it? Uh, go ahead, Allison. I'm definitely interested. I do not think I will be able to get the first generation one when it comes out because of the price tag. And I'm not complaining about the price tag. I realize why it has to be a couple of thousand dollars. I just don't think that at that time we're, we're working on going on a cruise and things. So I have been told that I'm not getting a Vision Pro. We'll see what actually happens. But... Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I I am so, so excited because for the longest time, I have always wondered what is, you know, this whole thing about, you know, AR and, and is it, can it somehow be accessible to us? And, and, you know, what, what is this whole, what is all the fuss about basically? And essentially, you know, having, having a headset with your kind of your whole Apple world, literally at your fingertips to where you can just gesture in the air and do the things that you would normally do with something like a phone or an iPad. I just, I, I can't wait to, to check it out. I, I did, I did preemptively get the USB-C um, AirPods Pro because those are the ones that, that the Vision Pro are going to work with if you want privacy with headphones while you're using it. So I am, I, you know, I can't even begin to really say, you know, of course, it's going to be a game changer because it's when Apple innovates in a space, then something that's kind of on the fringe becomes mainstream. I mean, look what they did with the touchscreen. You know, now everything has a touchscreen. So, you know, but I, I can't, I, I have some ideas of how it will benefit me in my life when I finally get one. Like I can imagine being able to use Ira a lot more easily um, and it, it just, I mean, I've I've heard of things like working on documents kind of like in midair. Um, I just I, I can't even begin to really fathom all the different ways that it will it will work for me because I haven't seen it, but I'm very excited. I want I want one. Yeah, it seems like it's gonna be a very innovative product. 
David, what what's your what are your thoughts? Some of your thoughts about a Vision Pro. Well, look, I think Apple's already um, conditioning people to start using uh, mid-air gestures, as it were. So when you think about things like uh, the FaceTime gestures now that you can do, so if you do a heart, it'll set a heart emoji with your hands. If you do a thumbs up, I think it sends birthday, um, you know, uh, stuff in the air and that sort of stuff. So that's already happening with gestures with your hands on FaceTime. And the other thing that they're, they're doing with, of course, the Series 9 watch and the Ultra 2 is doing what they call double tap. We would probably really call real life double pinch. And, of course, that's taken off the, the voiceover gestures, which I use all the time for the hand gestures for the Apple Watch for, you know, moving voiceover backwards and forwards, going into an app, coming out of an app and so on. So I think Apple's already positioning people from FaceTime and the hand gestures on the watch already to do, to do the Vision Pro stuff. And then when you think about things like what we've currently got in the magnification app on iOS, so we've got point and speak, we've got door detection, we've got people detection um, and other other stuff as well, then they're things that all already could fit in to be used with um, the Vision Pro. And then all the apps that you think about that are AI-based, um, AR-based, that could then interact between your Vision Pro, your iPhone and your Apple Watch, then that really gives you an, an extra level of connectivity between the you know the the watch via the phone probably to the the Vision Pro, the iPhone to the Vision Pro, and then of course there's nothing to stop you then going well if I'm currently using my Vision Pro to look at stuff on the screen exclamation mark why can't I then link it up with the the Mac uh, or an Apple TV or any other Apple product including the iPad. So I, I think it's one of those products yet again that it'll be one of those things where we say, how did we get along with this device before? And the iPhone, of course, is one of those. The Apple Watch is one of those. And I really think the Vision Pro is going to be one of those as well. Good points. And both of you, I hear some excitement in your voice. It really does feel like Apple is moving the ball forward, that they're they're innovating mm-hmm. with this product. And it's really fun to see that. We've seen it so many times, right? With 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 the the, the Macs uh, and the exciting things that are just happening with them and with Apple Silicon, with what what all has been happening with the phones and and the watches, and to see a new product category like this come along, I'm excited about it also. And it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. So very cool. Yeah. Now, look, the the, the main thing that I say to people is look. Apple's transitioning from a starting position and they're transitioning to whatever's going to be available in the future. Because if you remember the good old computers back in the 1950s were basically the size of a house mm-hmm. and now we've, we've got them in their pocket. So every time somebody whinges at me about, I just bought a phone and then Apple's bought out this new feature and another year they bought out a new feature. Well, that's the way that technology goes. You start from a, a spot and then you build on it and you keep adding new features, new hardware, new software, and you keep moving forward. So I just say to people, look, unfortunately, it's a transition period into the future. And, you know, nothing says to you that you've got to keep riding the wave all the time, but you can certainly hop off, have a bit of a monetary break and then hop back on again and then keep going. And that's what I tend to view about where Apple's, what Apple has been, is, and will keep to do. 
doing? I didn't get that memo that says you're, you 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 shouldn't ride the wave all the time. So yeah, I, just, I just keep on riding. <laughs> <laughs> no, in your case, in your case, uh, Robert, you're just going to get off the horse, mate. Okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun to see what happens with with. With Indeed. Vision Pro, and I think there's going to be a lot there, honestly, for uh, re- with regard to accessibility. So that's going to be because mm-hmm. we're we're seeing things kind of coming along that you can do with the phone, and and you're going to be able to do them better with with a device that's as sophisticated with the kind of cameras that the, that Vision Pro has. So yeah, going to be pretty exciting. Well, a couple small things, uh, but but one that's really great for those of us who rely on our ears to tell what's going on with our technology, uh, the latest AirPod, AirPods Pro now have a charging case that beeps when you connect yeah. it to charging. So you can tell that it's actually charging and you don't wake up the next morning and discover that your AirPods didn't charge after all. So that that's <laughs> that's a little thing in a way, but it's a very nice feature mm-hmm. that I, I'm very glad that we have. The game changer. I don't, I don't honestly don't, know what i did before that little feature came to the airpods yeah why why, yeah, why wasn't it there before yeah well it's the same with the the iphone 14 and the 15 with the um you know the beep on it um to tell you that it's charging remember when um apple took out the shutdown or the so the startup and the setup sound for the mac everybody was absolutely horrified because mm-hmm. you can't tell whether your mac's on or not and then they made it an option where you can have it on or off um, but yeah, so again, it's that little trickle thing happening that, you know, we had the sound on the Mac and then we had the sound, uh, on the iPhone 14. And then now we've got the sound on the AirPods, um, themselves. I wish there was a sound for the, uh, the Siri touch remote, but you know, it's maybe in the future, yeah. but I think it's really great that again, it's those little, little added changes, um, because I I did a firmware update or something happened to my AirPods and, and I thought they'd broken because they weren't beeping anymore, and then I realised that in the the properties of the AirPods in your Bluetooth menu, there's an option where you can turn that sounds off, and I'm assuming by default it must be off. So I went to turn oh. it back on again. I put my case on charge and it went bling, and I went ah yes yes. Once again, I have accessibility. <laughs> what, what, a, what a what a relief, right? Yeah, I I'm really was really glad to see that. You know, I I didn't uh, think too much about s- some of the things until we actually got the the shutdown and power on sound on the iPhone, and I thought, man, this makes it so much easier to tell what this phone is doing at a time <laughs> when you don't have speech on it. And I even know people who switched phones just to get that on off sound so it is a big deal for people who need it Mm, absolutely one of the main reasons i switched when it first came out yeah yeah so i don't want to trigger anybody's device but now with the s lady you can know you don't no longer have to say hey before you say her name you guys care about that is that that important i like it you know i like it because it's it's 
similar to talking to the a lady who's also all over my house um it just it feels just a little bit more natural it feels dare i say and i know that a voice assistant isn't a person blah 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 but it feels a little bit more natural as if you were talking to a human assistant i find i've been I'm, i i could be a lot more forceful now so because i always used to think that the hey siri was being oops never mind was being a, a very polite where now mm-hmm. I can go, hey, you, as in S-I-R-I, for yeah. God's sake, do what you're told. I don't care if the Bluetooth <laughs> device is not responding. I've told you to turn the bathroom fan on. Just do it. So, yeah, so I, I, I like I like S-I-R-I now about itself because I'm going to be a lot more, lot more forceful and commanding now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you can really come with the one-two punch if you don't have to put the hay in That's it, there, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Very no, more, good. no more Mr. Politeness now. Well, how about these changes that have been made in the magnification app on the iPhone with the text detection and point and speak? Are those items significant as far as development in 2023? What do you all think? I think that any app in which you can have more of these features is a good thing. Um, I haven't admittedly played with it too much in the magnifier. I did a little bit when I was beta testing um, because I tend to use um, I tend to use seeing AI. I tend to use now be my eyes with be my AI. Um, but it's nice to know that um, it's there. And I used it for figuring out something um, on my microwave the one time because um, I had push something to get something to work again. I can't remember what it was. But the point is it it read everything. Even over the the um the braille overlay. I have a, one of those Amazon microwaves that has the braille overlay. So all the different keys don't always make sense if you don't use it very often besides the numbers, which is what I normally use. But I was able to see, okay, that's that's what this one means, you know, yeah. and was able to to push the button so it was it was i mean it worked when i needed it and that's that's the best i can ask so i think i, I don't know i don't think you can have too many of these kinds of tools in your toolbox ever agree what, what do you think about it david look i like the fact that you've got all these different options at your fingertips so the other day my blind at the back which comes down in a, in a bit of a um it's got sort of two slots that the the blind comes down in my entertainment unit outside it, one of the sides came off because we had very high wind the other week. And so I thought, oh, well. So I grabbed my iPhone, did the did a gesture to bring up magnification. And by default, I have everything turned off in the magnifier. So as soon as I go in to the options for choosing, you know, door detection, point and speak, text detection, people detection, and so on, they're all turned off. So I can just then decide to quickly activate the one I want. So I activated the uh, text OCR, walked around to the the blind. On the blind, there was a label that gave me the name and the phone number for the actual um, distributor, the actual blinds, and then I, I rang them and they're coming out to fix it. So, you know, and then again, if I'm at shops and I'm still very much careful about, you know, hearing anybody around who's got a cough or um, and that sort of stuff, colds or COVID or whatever else it might be. So, I tend to wear my phone on a chest harness when I'm out and about sometimes. Um, so I, again, with AirPods on normally, I activate the people detection mode so I know that I'm, you know, still at least 1.5 meters away from, from somebody. Um, 
And the point and speak, sometimes just for the fun of it, I, I use my touch coffee machine that I bought about eight years ago just to, to use that, and that works quite well. So um, that's probably my main one. I mean, I know the, the Be My Eyes AI one's actually pretty fantastic, but unless I really want to find out what, what is really around me or have a, an image done and get some interpretation of it, the things that are in the magnification app for me are actually quite good. And I'm looking to the stage where Apple keeps adding more. So for, for me, the next one would be, wouldn't it be nice if it had some sort of obstacle detection mode, not not obstacle identification, because I still don't trust identification apps. Um, mm-hmm. It still reckons sometimes my guide dog is a, an elephant for some odd reason. So, yeah. um, or my or my wife's wheelchair is a car because it has four wheels. Um, so I, I, I'd be looking for obstacle uh, distance wise. Doesn't matter what it is. I just want my phone to say that I'm cl- coming close to something, whether it's a a tree, a pole, a wall, a person. Doesn't matter what it is. It says, mm-hmm. you know, detected object one point five or two point zero meters away or six feet away, whatever else it might be. So that's what I'd be looking forward to next year, hopefully. That'd be cool. Yeah, mm. and you know, just in general, the 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 image processing that's going on on board these phones today is fantastic. Yesterday, I got a letter, uh, an attachment, an email attachment letter from my uh, dentist office, and when I when I looked at the attachment, it was a PDF, but it was one of those PDFs that was just an image. And so I, I just uh, flipped, flicked down on the actions uh, rotor and th- there was an item there that said explore image. I double tapped on that and th- the phone was able to read that the text in that image just perfectly. And we used to have to pay thousands of dollars for washing machine sized machines that could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Remember that one well. What about getting USB-C on the phones? I think it's cool because you can now plug in hard drives and other items straight into your phone. I plugged a microphone uh, into my phone and was able to use a, a ham radio app uh, straight from my phone. So you guys uh, happy about this uh, USB-C now on the, on the iPhone 15s? Oh, yeah. I just want everything to get it. Like I want the AirPods Max to have USB-C and I still have a, a work iPhone that's a 13. Um, but I mean, it, it's just great because for one thing, it allows for faster charging. For another, it allows for universality of I can just get a USB-C cable and a block from anywhere provided that it's um, provided that it's the, the proper wattage. Um, and just use anything, you know, I got a, uh, I got just an anchor, uh, dual port block and a, and a couple of USB-C cables for less than I would pay for one for a single port block and a, and a, uh, a single three foot cable from Apple and, uh, was able to kind of outfit my whole, um, my whole work kit for what I needed. So it's pretty neat. I, I just, I love USB-C and yeah, like you, I, I like that I can just plug things into my phone. I want to actually get um, a mixer that I can just plug straight into my phone and use my Heil and uh, just be able to, to have just a, a mobile 
semi-mobile because I still have to lug around a mic stand podcasting rig. So yeah, but cool. it's, it's a kind of a podcaster's dream, right? It's yes, it right really there. is. David, USB-C, you for it or against it, or how you feel about it? No, I'm I'm definitely for it. I mean, the what irritates me because I I haven't upgraded to the 15. I'm going to hang out for the iPhone 16 next year. But I mean, I've got a iPad, um, a recent one that's got a USB-C port in it um, on my Mac, so USB-C. Um, so I'm getting to the stage now where. I'm looking forward very shortly, hopefully next year, to everything will be USB-C because that way I won't have to start doing, you know, USB-C to lightning and then getting grumpy when I can't plug my other stuff in, like my lightning iPhone 14 into my Mac directly and just those little irritating things. And because the amount of cables that I've got that are either USB-C to USB-C, USB-C-A to USB-C or anything else that you could possibly think of. I just think, what wouldn't it be nice that I could just have one day that I just have a couple of the same cables as a bit of a backup and they all do exactly the same thing and they all connect to all my devices. So that'll be my holy grail, hopefully even next year or 2025. You've got something to look forward to. So hmm. I guess I guess you have not had a chance to play with the, or maybe you have had a chance to play with it, you don't have one, but to play with the uh, shortcut button on the iPad iPhone 15, the replacement for the mute switch, the silence uh, ringer switch. Have you have you had a chance to play with that? I have, and I've also um, had a chat to Apple about it. And I listened to, I listened to a podcast on the on the shortcuts button. It, it's actually really good. I mean, I like everything. I think it personally should do a lot more than what it does. Um, I mean, I know you can assign shortcuts to it. I know you can ass- assign voice memos and you can have it act like the uh, triple click on the side of the phone because uh, it's much easier to press a button than it is that long bar on the on the power button. But uh, I just think it's a, it's a button. So I know there's a, a thing called, I think it's multi-button that gives you two actions on the shortcut. But then I thought, well, wait a minute. If you can do a long press and you can do a short press, who says um, software-wise and into the hardware why you can't do a a single press, so a long one or a short one, a double press or three times pressing like you can do with the um, the power button. So, and I wouldn't be surprised if that comes in, in the future because it's a button. You can do anything with it. The only problem is, though, Robert, I, I, I'm, I'm living for the day when my iPhone will just be a beautiful piece of glass with no buttons. So there'll be your haptic, you'll ring your finger over the the side or the bottom or the top, whatever is of the iPhone, and you'll you'll get the haptic feedback for whatever button you might be on. So you'll know that the power button's on the right hand side. So all the buttons will basically be in the same place, but there'll be haptic buttons. Um, you know, maybe with a, I don't know, maybe a, a bit of a um what's a word for it? Um, engraving so you know the buttons here, whatever else it might be. I just want a buttonless iPhone because I reckon that would be really cool. That would be fancy looking. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if you don't get your wish one of these. I I think Apple would like to move in that direction also. It'll be the cube of knowledge. Yes. (laughs) I suppose it's not really really a cube cube pyramid. No, something. (laughs) There's more to life than pushing buttons. Exactly. (laughs) I agree, but I do like this button. I have to say, Um, I I 
like David wish that you could do more with it, but you know, for a first iteration of what you can do with it, it's pretty cool. I just like that I can quickly um, press and hold it to turn on or off um, ring mode real quick. Like I could be in a, in a meeting and just dealing with it real quick, not trying to, not that it was hard to do the up and down switch, but it just, it wasn't as seamless as just pushing a button real fast. I, I really like it. And I'm sure that eventually we'll be able to do more with it, maybe even on on um, the current devices, although I never keep mine long enough to find out what they change on the current devices. So yeah. <laughs> I upgrade every year. <laughs> you know what would be really cool, dare I say, off taking a, a, taking a leaf out of Samsung's book, uh, sorry, Android's book, and that's being able to assign a shortcut uh, to the shortcut button on the side for perhaps hanging, answering a phone call, pressing one button, and then hanging up the phone call with the oh, same button. I would button. love that. Now, that, to me, would be perfect because I've always hated from the year dot. I don't know what it is about the two-finger double tap, but it always irritates me, particularly when you're going tap, 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 tap. Will you answer the phone? And of yeah, course, it, it doesn't, doesn't always sometimes. work. Yeah. No. Um, so sometimes I, I have, have my blue key, Bluetooth keyboard on standby just so I can use that function. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you can use our beloved SIRI to now hang up a call. Yes. And I just think surely by now, Apple, giving us some way other than the two-finger magic tap to answer and have a phone call would be absolutely lovely. I agree. Well, you can hang it up on your AirPods. Just wear them. You can. Um, <laughs> uh, you can't. Oh, hang on. When I try that yeah, on my AirPods Pro, it puts it in mute mode. Well, press it twice. Click it twice. That will hang up yeah. the call. No, oh, does it? Because I've been trying it the other day and I just yeah, keep twice will answer. Myself. Twice will yeah. answer. I'm maybe only, only doing it once. Yeah, because yeah, oh. that's how it used to be. Yeah, but now they've changed it. Yeah, once ah. mutes it now, twice answers or hangs it up. You mean I've got a, You mean I've got a new? I've got, I've got a new muscle memory now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry yeah. it's a hard life i know now Ugh. on the max it's on the airpods max it's the same you just you just um push it once to answer or hang up oh there you go you're, you're, right. you're not too old to learn uh to click it twice david i think you can certainly it. not no ask grandmaster <laughs> karate people uh certainly up for a challenge so okay. that's fine <laughs> thank you, you. know I, the, the the geek in me got all excited about this uh, multi-action uh, shortcut that uh, Federico Vitici came up with for this action button. So I, I set that up. It's a little, it takes a little setting up uh, to, mm-hmm. to make it work, but I've got mine set up now where you press it once and it opens one app and you press it again within seven seconds and it opens a second app. So mm-hmm. that's kind of fun. I, I've enjoyed that. And I, I put in two apps that I always take a look at first thing in the morning when I'm still half asleep and that makes mm-hmm. it a lot easier to open them and and see what's going on so it, I, I think there'll be more coming for that button but it yeah it's pretty cool to have it e- even the way it is now I'm, I'm enjoying it indeed yep yep so what about this uh ultra wideband chip in the iPhone 15 that makes it possible to locate people nearby with find my I haven't actually really played with this, so me neither. Maybe you have, David, and you can tell us if you have what what your what what you think about it. Yeah, look, I, I read an article. Um, I think it was done by Shelley Brisbane on um, Six Colors, um, and it was pointing out some of the accessibility functions in the 
Now, I'm not 100% sure if it's a 15 or 15 Pro, but she was pointing out some of the accessibility features, and I just thought, oh, God, here we go, justifying the iPhone 15 or, or the 15 Pro. But no, it wasn't. It was pointing out the fact that, again, these little changes make huge impacts for us, particularly for blind people. So uh, she talked about in, in an article that um, where if you're trying to find somebody with the normal find mine, find my, yes, you know they're nearby somewhere, Whereas with the ultra wideband chip, you can zero on in on that person's location. So like you can find your AirPods by going to the find function that you know tells you to you know go forward or turn around or go left or go right. Um, I'm assuming that I haven't tried it, but I'm assuming that would be the same thing. So you know you've located, you know that you know Bob's nearby with the normal find my function. Then you would go to the you know, the the actual find function, and then you could just then walk towards that person. You'll be told whether they're, you know, two meters in front of you, two meters behind you, that sort of stuff. So I'm assuming that's how it works. But to me, that would be absolutely amazing because then if I was in maybe within one meter, I'm assuming I'd then probably be able to say, you know, hi Bob, are you are you here or are you around here or hi Bob, how's it going or you know, I hate Bob. Oh, sorry, Bob, I didn't realise you were so nearby, whatever else it might be. Uh, uh, so I think that feature should avoid, avoid you saying that by accident when Bob's nearby. <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Um, so look, you know, I I think it's a great I think it's a great thing. So um because there's nothing worse you think, oh God, I know I'm in the same area as this person, but I don't want to yell out or, or do anything else. So Yeah. Um, I, I tell you what would be nice though if you could have some sort of um sort of like a, a bit of a gaming type feature to it where you could have this sort of beeping target that you know when it went beep, 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 then it would go beep, and you go, ah, right on target. And then you could just basically stand in front of the person as it were. But then again, I guess if they've got their iPhone in their car, you might be ending up talking to the car of the person, but who you knows? Could. But um I think it's I really do think it's a really fantastic feature. Yeah, I think it's something that that people have wanted. I've heard people talk for years about wanting that, especially at, at a, a convention where there are lots of blind people trying to locate each other and they can't find each other. Mm. Um, yep. I think it, it's going to be great, and I look forward to trying it out. I had just haven't had a chance really to to look mm. at it. It reminds me of a funny story. I was at I was at CSUN and Ricky Enger and I, I were trying to find each other. We we knew we were both in this big party suite that this one company had had put together but it was like standing room only there were people and dogs and just everyone everywhere and as it turned out we were texting and we were right across the room from each other and we found each other eventually but it took significantly longer <laughs> than it needed to for us oh, to be yeah. able to find each other you know oh it was it was crazy but yeah. this feature would have would have just completely eliminated the need to be like i'm here are you here like <laughs> yeah it would have made it much easier yeah I, i'm certain that i have been right near people that i wanted to talk to and and just what mm-hmm. just didn't know it just wasn't aware yeah. of it so i'm glad to see this come along and i hope it gets developed even further Another feature that came out this year was FaceTime on the Apple TV 4K. I've never tried FaceTime with the Apple TV. Have either? Me neither, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I could see doing a family, you know, a family call and putting it up on the TV during the holidays. It seems like a a nice thing to do. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. So with my grandson, it will be two years in December. That's what we do with him. So um, so he can show us his different toys. So we're, we're sitting on the lounge, the iPhone's doing all the the camera and audio bit of course and then up on the 60 inch screen there's you know there's my grandson and his mum and, and dad on the screen plus his sister and it, it just brings it to life it's almost like you know you, you really feel like rather than being on a video call you almost feel like you're in, also in their lounge room yeah. um as well and it really brings it to life and you can see details are much better according to my wife so you know when he shows, you know the the, the lovely, you know the crayon drawing or oh. um, the the snail that he's decided to have a pet or whatever else it might be, <laughs> then um, it, it's really cool. And because um, the TV is going through, you know our sound system on the the system, we've got good sound as well. Or we can just, you know, if there's two of us, we can share our headphones and that sort of stuff. But no, it really does bring it to life. And um, the fact that you can just get up and wander off and and come back and keep talking as such because it, it 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 doesn't it feels a lot different than having a FaceTime call on the iPhone or the iPad or the Mac because you're literally sitting in your lounge room looking at a big TV screen and talking to somebody. So mm-hmm. the fact that the phone's there in front of the TV, if you like, doing all the hard work for you, it, it just feels a lot more personal. You don't feel like you're hunched over this little tiny screen or you're you're having to crowd each other to talk. You're just right. sitting back as a family on the lounge having a yak to somebody through your big screen TV. It's absolutely lovely. Now, does it use the microphone from your TV? Does it, does. it use it? For, okay. No, no, no. It so uses the microphone from the iPhone. From the phone. Okay. Yeah, okay. but the iPhone's the iPhone's mic's really good. I mean, like oh, in reality, yeah. we're only sitting, you know, maybe six feet away from the microphone. So yeah, um, I mean, there'll be a bit of echo, but you know, it's it's still pretty good. Right. Yeah, it seems like it would make for a more enjoyable, relaxing experience, especially if you're going to do family gatherings like we'll be doing because yeah. we'll be staying here, and we'll part of our family will be in New York, and part of our family will be in North Carolina. So very hmm. cool. Recently, Apple had an event where they introduced new MacBook Pros with the M3 chip. And while we didn't podcast about the event because it was it was a quick one, we said we would mention it this time. And since that event, I've heard nothing but good things about the the M3. Uh, chips and their performance and and people seem to be loving them the the speed and and the power of those chips and I'm not sad to report but I'm going to have to report I must confess I today was pricing out a MacBook Pro Pro a Pro Pro a MacBook (laughs) Pro with a Pro M3 chip so uh, I have a feeling there's going to be one in my near future um you get you guys have comments about the m3 well i'm definitely excited to see apple continuing to iterate and that their their chips have been such a success because look i mean they're already going into um newer ipads not not the m3 but you know they're starting to put their their uh, the m chips into ipad pros um i just think it's great i you know I use a computer for so little that I'm definitely not going to be moving to the M3 because 
depending on what I'm doing, I if I'm doing like word processing or something, I still find myself reaching for that PC because it's what I know. But for 99% of what I do, especially now with USB-C on the phone, I use the phone. Um, but it's just very exciting to see um, how Apple has kind of disrupted the chip market and I know that those, you know, those their innovation and iterations are going to come to uh, to the, you know, further to the phones as well. They're just going to keep using what they're learning, you know, from developing these tips to make the phones better and vice versa. Yeah, so, for sure. Very cool. It's nice to see the forward progress. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I should also mention that the during that event, the iMac, the twenty-four inch iMac, got updated from the M1 yeah. to the M3 chip so uh, i'll let you guys know next time if i do pull the trigger on this <laughs> macbook pro <laughs> pro macbook pro pro um how, that's it how how i like it but i'm i'm i i didn't think i was going to get one but uh, i don't know as as i sit with it more and uh, i'm doing different things with uh audio transcription and so forth I think wow it'd be nice to have the mm. power of, of yeah. that of that shit. It's, that's a legit it's interesting. case. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the iMac going to the M3 chip because I have a funny feeling we're going to start seeing, uh, I reckon the iMac M3, because they're no longer doing the 27-inch iMac, I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to be the last iMac mm-hmm. um, because I think most people these days when you do computing at home, particularly if you've got children or at school or at university, um, or even for work purposes, you've normally got your tablet, your phone, or your laptop within reach. And I most of the, know most of the time my wife's either using her laptop or an iPad or an iPhone, the same with my children and the same with me. So our iMac is literally just sitting in my wife's craft room. Occasionally it might get used for a bit of web browsing or YouTube watching and that sort of stuff but it's really not being used for anything else. And I I was having, I think, this morning, I thought if that thing, when that thing dies eventually, which is probably going to be a long time because it's an iMac and it's another product, um, I'm just going to replace it with my currently sitting here, my M1 Mac Mini, just get a a nice LED 24-inch screen for it and just whack on the the magic keyboard and the trackpad and and off we go. But I I think it's, again, that I, I said before is that Apple's moving through a transition period and for me, because I've already got an M1 Mac and I don't do high-intensity work on a computer, then at the moment I have no need for an M3. One of my MacBook Pros is already an M2 already, which is the one I'm currently talking on. Um, so what will probably happen is my M, my M1 Mac Mini will go to my wife. I'll keep the M2 uh, and my other M1, which is the Mac Air, um that'll probably get used for something else at the moment my m1 mac air is very nicely laying down having a bit of a sleep under my m2 macbook pro (laughs) so i I think if my if any of my children ever need another mac um because my son's got a very high-end macbook pro already um my daughter's married to her ipad so she doesn't want a laptop she hates laptops um but it's nice to know that i've got one there but you know who knows i mean in Maybe next year, the year after, I'll I'll get a an M4 or an M5, whatever it might be called. But I'm also looking forward when that type of technology, like Alison mentioned, 
will be in the iPad. I mean, we've effectively got the the M chips in the the iPhone anyway, and you know, with the the Vision Pro coming on board, everything would just be running with Apple Silicon, which I think is a really great thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I think that I will probably trade in this little M1 MacBook Air if I do go to the MacBook Pro Pro, but the little M1 MacBook Air is really a cool machine. I'll be a little sad about letting it go, but you know, it'll it they they're offering me pretty good trade-in value for it. Let's move on. We got still got quite a bit to cover and we've been going for a while here. So these uh, uh this ability now to turn Safari web pages into individual s- screens on the Mac or really into individual apps where you can command tab to a web page just like you would command tab to an actual app on the Mac. I think it's pretty cool. I've tried it on, on a few pages and it if you're if you're working on multiple things at the same time, it's a kind of cool way to have things set up to, to flip back and forth between stuff. Uh, have you guys played with this feature at all and you have thoughts about I it? I have to admit I completely forgot about the ability to do that until I saw David's summary. I was like, oh yeah, that was the thing that I forgot about. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it you have to kind of think about it a minute to to set it up, but it, it, it works well, at least in my playing with it, and it's useful. How about you, David? Hmm. Yeah, look, I I probably on a normal day, I would probably um, access maybe between, I don't know, five to 10 web pages. And I know I can bring up Safari and I know I can jump between Windows and all that sort of stuff. But because I'm switching between like um, Minder on the Mac, um, X or Twitter on the Mac, my Notes app, my text edit application, uh, my podcasting application, my Zoom, my whatever else that might be open. For some odd reason, my my brain likes the fact that I can command tab to something rather than every time I think about changing Windows or changing web pages in Safari, I, I don't know what it is, but I just find it really irritating that I'm sort of having to, I don't know, muck about too much or too many keystrokes or whatever else it might be, whereas because I, I've sort of grown up with, you know, in a way, you know, Windows eventually with, you know, originally with alt-tabbing. Alt-tabbing in my brain just means I'm going to a new task automatically and I'm getting ready to go into that new thing. Whereas if I'm in the same application, it doesn't have the same feel to it. So on my MacBook Pro 2 here at the moment, um, I've actually got I've actually got eight web pages that are actually as applications. Um, so things like so you know things like Appleviz and Amazon.com.au from Australia, Audible.com.au. Cause I'm always searching for new books to read, Netflix, all that sort of stuff that I would just normally just use Safari for. I can just alt tab around to them and start going. So um, it really is one of my go-to features um, on the Mac, and I'm absolutely enjoying it. It's especially great for a voiceover user who's only interested in looking at one window at, at a time anyway, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a Correct. Quick, exactly. quick way to move around. It's, yep. It, yep. it is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, my, 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 my wife often says to me, why do you have so many windows open? I can't tell where I am. Yeah. I said, oh, well, that's your, oh, well, that's your problem. <laughs> not, 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 a, not a problem for you, is it? No, no. Well, I'm going to kind of move move us on here so we can – 
uh, just highlight some things. Um, widgets came to the desktop and that's something that people can play with and see if you like having them. Um, of course, all of the software was updated this year as it is every year with iOS 17, iPadOS 17, tvOS 17, Watch uh, 10, and uh, of course we got Sonoma on the Mac 14. So, I mean, a, a lot there that we could potentially unpack, but just anything briefly anybody want to say about the the, the software updates for the year. I just want to give a shout out to the whoever designed the new voiceover um, notification settings where you can have it just quietly make a little sound when you have a notification, but not have it read or not have it wake up your screen and yell. Thank you. Thank you to whoever did that. <laughs> My iPhone is pretty much perfect now. <laughs> You're talking about in the verbosity settings. In the verbosity can, settings, yes. You can where you can set what it does uh -huh. with a notification. Yeah. Because I have it set to just play the sound and not say anything to me so that I can decide later if I want to mess with that notification. I usually end up going back to check it. But I'm not a person who likes to turn on do not disturb a lot because for one thing, I'm in a job now where I have to be reachable, you know, I feel even when I'm, even when I'm not technically on the clock. And also I just, I would forget to turn do not disturb on if I turned it off, if I turned it on. So I like that I can still know that I have notifications coming in, but they're not interrupting me. Yeah. Nice to have that flexibility. Mm. Yes. For me, it's all about this, and again, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's again this continuation thing. So, when I look at look at all the new accessibility improvements across the whole product line, when I look at the hardware updates across the whole product line and the software updates across the whole product line, it's just getting better and better and better uh, because. You know, you, you can't do this in the Windows slash Android world. You can't really go from your wearable Apple Watch to your, your your PC to your tablet to your phone and then have, you know, I think there must be at least about 15 applications that share data amongst everything. So that to me is absolutely amazing. The one thing that stood out for me this year in particular was the fact that my AirPods now transition a lot nicer between my Mac, my iPhone, my iPad and my and my um my iPhone or my, or my Apple Watch because before I used to have to, you know, sort of almost like go and force it if it wasn't connecting. But now when I sit down at my desk in the mornings and I've usually been using my iPhone with my AirPods. As soon as I start using the Mac, it switches over. And then when I close my lid and I pick up my iPhone and start using my iPhone, it switches back to the AirPods again straight away. So for me, that little thing for productivity and workflow is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, they really got that right now. They struggled with it for a while, but I agree. It works much better than it used to. Mm, absolutely, yeah. But, you know, Apple is only one company and they could not do everything that everyone perhaps wanted them to do as far as updates in 2023. So in 2024, there are some things to look forward to. We didn't see new iPads in 2023, so we'll see them next year. And uh, we, we, we have 
almost certainly, at least I have the hope, that we're going to see a USB-C and even more improved version uh, of the AirPods Max next year. I'm, I'm excited about that because to me, those are some of the best headphones that I have ever seen. I'm guessing it They'll move it to USB-C as well. We need to see updates to the Mac Mini and uh, get get it up to up to the M3 uh, chipset. And I'm guessing we're probably going to see an update to the MacBook Air to the M3 uh, chipset. Vision Pro should be released sometime next year, and that's something to look forward to. We need to see updates to. The Magic Keyboard, the Magic Trackpad, the Magic Mouse, and those all need to come up to USB-C. So mm-hmm. we can't let you just take next year off, Apple. You're going to have nope. you, you got more work to do. <laughs> Can I just put my neck out and say I wouldn't be surprised if we get an iPad before the end of the year. Wow. Because Apple has not updated the iPad at all this year at all which is extremely unusual. Yeah. We've still got, you know, a good, what is it, four to five weeks of this year to go. So I might be regretting my words when we come back in January or whenever else it might be um, and go, well, you were wrong. But if I was going to speculate, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we got a new iPad, perhaps an iPad Air or a new iPad mini update before the end of the year. So there you go. I've put it on record now. Excellent. I'm glad you're willing to put it out there. If, if you're going to if you're going to go go big, that's what I always that's say. it. I, right. I, I reckon so. And then so. if it Absolutely. doesn't happen, we know who to blame. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so for us, it's a win win, no matter which yeah. way you go. That's it, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you heard well, it first on, on the Tech Doctor blog and podcast. Yes, you heard it right here. Doctor <laughs> Doctor Woodbridge has made a prediction, so we'll that's see what it. happens because they did surprise us with the. Uh, new MacBook Pro line mm-hmm. at, this close to the end of the year, so yeah, the the yeah. the iPad possibility is could could happen. Yeah. Anything's mm-hmm. possible. Yep. So this has been a, a rather lengthy summary, but it does kind of attest to the fact that Apple did a lot last year because we had a lot to talk about. Let's just check and see if either you, Allison, or you, David, have any. Final thoughts or comments about this Apple 2023 year before we bring this to a close. Allison, any any thoughts from you? Yeah, I've just been sitting here the last couple of minutes thinking, my goodness, it has been one heck of a year for Apple. You know, you you go on and and you go through your year and and life happens and you you don't always take the time to to think, you know, um, just how far um, things can come with technology in in the period of a year. Um, and, you know, there have been years where I've, you know, wondered, oh, well, what, what has Apple done? And, and, it's, and it's listening and participating to, in shows like these that really show me that, my gosh, I mean, they are just innovating on every front all the time in different ways. It's just, it's just pretty incredible. It's, it's, it's really an incredible time to be an Apple fan. It is. And David, I really liked your comment about how it's getting even more and more exciting the way all the Apple products talk to each other and work together. I mean, you can't accomplish this kind of um, processing 
in, in any other computing space that I'm aware of. So if you have iPhones and iPads and Apple Watches and Macs, wow, you, you, you got a whole family hmm. of products working together to make you much more productive, in my opinion. That's right. And look, you know, sometimes Apple gets it a bit wrong, as we know, with the, the Newton and certain other um, things along the way. And uh, I'd like to congratulate um, Apple in withdrawing the touch bar on the MacBook Pros because I can remember when Phil Schiller introduced it, God knows when it was, but he said quite proudly, the only people that use their function keys are these people using IBM 32 mainframes and nobody uses function keys anymore. And I thought, you just insulted the blindness community, mate, because <laughs> we use function keys all the time, not to mention voiceover also uses function keys. So I thought yeah. the marketing department hadn't talked to the accessibility department. Right. Um, so for me, that's a huge it's not a win, but I'd love the fact that Apple said, you know what, nobody's developing for it. It's really stayed the same thing on a MacBook Pro. Um, some people get it, some people don't. And I just think, you know what, we've we've thrown the mud against the brick wall. It didn't stick. We're now moving on. We're going to look at, you know, Touch ID and back to your normal keyboard and we're going to make the Macs more powerful, blah, blah, blah. So to me, even though... It was irritating. I mean, I've still got two Macs here with with touch bars, and I do. I actually do like it a little bit. Um, I'm really glad to see that gone. So I, I like the fact that Apple can admit to itself that it may have got something a bit skew whiffed along the way. That's not to say I probably wouldn't like a touchscreen um, MacBook Pro in the future, or maybe a combination of an iPad and a MacBook. Um, but who knows? But you know, God bless the touchpad, and you did a good job when you were around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think it is great to see Apple. I think Apple has matured in a lot of ways and is much more honestly customer oriented than they they used to be. We see that even in the way they handle their betas now, where they elicit much more feedback from beta participants and they respond to beta testers and ask questions. It, it's a pretty cool Apple, in my opinion these days, especially in compared to how it connects with its with its customer base. I, I'm really happy. Absolutely. About that. Yep, I agree. All right, you all, let's bring this to a close. We don't want to make this too much longer for people to have to listen to, but we hope that you have enjoyed listening to this if you made it all the way through to the end. And we'll be back probably after the first of the year talking about whatever we're playing with next from Apple. <laughs> so in the meantime, enjoy your new Apple products and play with them to the best of your ability until January. This is Robert, one of the tech doctors. I will say so long for now. And this is Allison, one of the tech doctors saying bye, everyone. Uh, this is David Woodbridge, who may not be a tech doctor next year if I get my prediction about the iPad wrong. So <laughs> chat to you next year, hopefully, exclamation mark. <laughs>